watch movie-based or video games. Think to yourself, this is kind of strange. Mario is British. Luigi's Latino. Cuba's played by a goddamn weirdo. Well, that's video games and movie. Video games and movie. Video games and movie. Hello everybody, welcome again to yet another edition of Video Games the Movie Podcast, the podcast where we talk about movies that are about or relating to video games. Hi, I'm your host Blaine J, and with me I have two special guests, as always, my co-host Mr. James Milholland. Hey everyone. And a very special guest who actually chose the movie that we're going to be reviewing tonight, Cujo from the forums and Discord. California. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, if that didn't completely give it away, then uh, you probably don't watch video game movies or I, I, whatever. I don't know. This is one of the biggest ones we could possibly do. The, what, 1989 Nintendo commercial, The Wizard. Uh, starring everybody. Uh, Fred Savage, um, Christian Slater. Uh, was it Bo Bridges is in this one? Mm-hmm. Uh, all kinds of people. And, and what's to say about this movie, really? It, it's, a, it's a strange film. Uh, where to start? It's a movie about Fred Savage and his brother, played by Christian Slater, uh, growing up with their dad, Bo Bridges, who apparently is divorced from a lady that, had, that he had uh, two twins with, one of which is... Uh, God, what's that kid's name? I don't even remember. Jimmy. Jimmy, Jimmy Woods. <laughs> of course, James Woods. Um, yeah, he's basically a... I don't want to use the word retarded, but he's basically turned himself into... like He's got some problems because of an incident that happened with his twin sister, and I guess that caused a rift in their relationship. They split up. Uh, she got remarried, took Jimmy... Um, Wither and now these kids are living with Bo and they get word that Jimmy's going to be put into a home because he keeps trying to run away. In fact, the opening credits to this film is Jimmy, this, I guess, like eight, seven, eight-year-old kid walking across the damn desert with nothing but a lunchbox and a backpack and they're sending out, you know, airplanes and state troopers and stuff to try and find this kid and evidently this is something that he does a lot and when questioned about the incidents, he just says, California. Um, very creepily, uh, really creepy bastard, the, the kid that, uh, they got to play this part. And I think other than California, he only ever says like one or two other lines, the whole film. Uh, I think at one point he says he doesn't want to quit and, uh, Jennifer, which I believe was his sister's name or something. I don't know. I didn't take extensive notes. So any, anytime one of you guys wants to jump in and correct me, that's fine. But, um, I was gonna also, say he was... either oh, way. I was going to say, he's the, also the uh, main character from Little Big League. Uh, I don't know if you saw that. No, I hadn't seen that. Oh, I know that. Is that the one where the guy takes over as manager of the baseball team? Yeah, he's the Twins manager because his grandpa died or whatever. Little Big slash That's manager. him. That's, That's Jimmy Woods. a good movie. Yeah. yeah. I didn't realize. Yeah, in this movie, he's... I didn't realize it's him. I was like... When I looked it up, I was like, oh my god, that's him. It's California. I know he's been steadily acting. There's actually a webpage I went to that like explained everybody what's going on in their life and what they're doing now. And uh, basically everyone, save one guy who, you know, 
we'll save for later is still acting and still very much you know in the uh hollywood lifestyle again all except for one poor unfortunate bastard yeah the the uh the stepdad um he also is in a lot of crap he's like the uh he's always like the his name is sam mcmurray he's always like the smarmy asshole gut type guy that he, he he always plays that type of guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. I, I hear you cutting in and out on my end, Kujo. I don't know what's going on, but um, yeah, and I can't think of anything in particular he's been in. But he's when you see him, you're just oh that guy. He's just like in everything, and uh, yeah. Then the the chick in the movie, the love interest, I guess. Well, gosh, they first what what happens in the movie? I'm getting sidetracked here. Is Fred Savage? learns of his brother being put into a home he takes it upon himself to grab his skateboard his his monster mask and whatever else garbage he puts in his bag i think he's got what 27 (laughs) bucks or some shit and he sets out to break um his little brother jimmy out of this home he gets there and i swear to god my first thought personally was i can't fucking get away from this shit no matter what i'm doing or watching there's a wonder bread truck i work for fucking wonder bread i see this thing (laughs) yeah i'm like god damn it because i swear to god everywhere i look every time i go somewhere i see our products you know not just wonder but i do like you know sunbeam and tasty cake and and bluebird and a, a whole slew of different things we actually own all kinds of different baked goods but yeah, I can't get away from the shit. And even when I'm going back in time and watching a movie from 1989, I have to see a Wonder Bread truck, and I'm like, okay, fuck, fuck you. But anyway, um, so yeah, he. Do you know? Do you know when this, the exact date this movie was released? Uh, you know what? I don't. I I know it was 1989 because I remember I saw it uh, in '89. It was one of the last films I saw before moving from Georgia to the area that I live now. Um, and I remember loving it. Yeah, a week before Christmas, like oh, a wow. week before Christmas. That makes sense. Yeah, because it was big commercial. That's that's basically what I, this movie I would, is. I, I would argue it's like the best commercial ever. But <laughs> the two-hour-long Nintendo commercial. There's other product placement in it. As I said, there's like Wonder Bread, and uh, gosh, I can't even remember the half of them. There was a, n- a number of other products. I was like, okay, they're shilling that too, or whatever. But Universal Studios is a big uh, one. Yeah, for oh, sure. Oh, yeah, Universal Studios. <sighs> yeah, but you watch it as an adult. As a kid, you're just buying into all this crap. You know, they're showing you mm-hmm. all these different games throughout the film, and, and the things like the Power Glove with Lucas is... Uh, this character that they meet up with at one point that, uh, you know, they figure out that in a uh, train station or bus station, they're trying to get bus tickets once he does break his brother out and they sneak out on the Wonder Bread truck. Um, They end up in a bus station. They try and go somewhere. They don't have the money to do it. And the very famous line, you know, he, he makes him play the game. He gives him a chord. He says, play. And then Jimmy, the retard kid, starts playing. And it turns out he's got a real knack for video games. Fred comes back over. He says, 50,000 to Double Dragon, which really isn't all that impressive, but whatever. And uh, then they meet up with a girl. She doesn't have any (laughs) money. He challenges her to a contest. uh, Her bus ticket against his, uh, whatever it is, $27 or whatever, I guess. I can't even remember. And uh, Jimmy whips the shit out of her. And if you're watching closely, it's, it's 
anyway, a lot there's a lot of incongruity. I can't say that word. Um, incongruities to all the gameplay in this film. You'll notice throughout. You don't even have to be paying much attention. I don't know how all, all of this got through. Uh, Jimmy will be playing a game, but he won't actually be playing, or it'll show him. Uh, in one level of a game and they'll say it's another or um, seconds later he'll be in the level before or after or whatever there's scenes with uh, gameplay going on where no one's actually playing at all um, and yet the game is going there's a scene where the girl says look at him he's on the second world of Ninja Gaiden and he hasn't even taken a hit when clearly the life bar shows he has taken a hit um, just all kinds of stuff like that but you kind of got to let all that crap go uh, <laughs> it's it's just one of those. Well, things. I think the best part is like Bo Bridges trying to act like he's playing video games. He's like shaking the <laughs> controller and like, like, dude, you're not playing. I know you're not playing. You're like, you're the worst. Bo would play a video game though. That's why I, I forgave that because right. you know they're out of the reality of what the game is. So they're he's he's making up words and making up enemies and like you said, shaking the controller. So that would fit I in mean, with the. Older at guy. least Christian Slater looked like he was playing like yeah. for real, like even though he. It wasn't, but yeah. Bridges is like way over the top. Like, dude, come on! I know you're not. No one does that when they're playing a video game. Like, you no know, one's like shaking it like the way or holding it the way he's holding. Like, it's, it's funny. Like totally because yeah, it's like to, it's totally like not a way of person would hold it. When my mom plays video games, that's how she plays. Um, if she mm-hmm. makes a jump, she like moves the whole controller with her to try and like make whatever jump. And, and if it needs to go faster, she'll like move it to the side to try and make things faster. So I've seen that type of gameplay and it's in older people. So it made a kind of sense to me. And the other thing that I was impressed with is, uh, his dialogue. Sometimes he would, um, actually be saying correct things. Like the first time he's playing and he says that, uh, he got to level three and he almost beat Mecha Turtle. He got the Ninja Scroll weapon. Those that was all 100% correct. That is things that occur in the game Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for the NES. You have to get the scroll weapon. Well, you don't have to, but the scroll weapon is the most powerful weapon in the game. It makes beating Mecha Turtle at the end of level three much easier, and so all that made sense. But then later on, he's playing uh, the Legend of Zelda two, and he's just making up shit. I, I don't even remember what he said, but I was like, no, that didn't happen. There's no whatever you just said. But, uh, so, you know, I don't I don't know what went wrong. Or uh, I think, for the most part, like, uh, a lot of the cast and people doing this film didn't, weren't really scrutinizing what was going on in the background or what was actually being said because they knew it was a kid's movie and they didn't give a fuck, you know. There's that kind of stuff throughout. Um I don't know. I'd, I'd go through the whole plot of the movie, but the 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 sum of it is this kid Jimmy's trying to get to California for unknown reasons. You do learn later on that it's to get his memories of his twin sister to this like theme park that he wants to drop all this shit off at. Uh, pictures of her, her shoes, and stuff like that. But hilariously, throughout, they keep meeting up with the same fucking people, even though they're traveling from what is it, Nevada to california they keep running into the like the same people lucas the truck drivers this one bastard that gets hired to like find them and he's like the most 
He's just like the whole time. I'm like, there's no way this guy makes his career out of finding lost children because the first thing he does is like threaten the dad. He's like, Hey, I wouldn't be looking for your kid if I were you, because this is how I make my living. And then when he does meet up with him later, he like pops his tires with a knife and shit. It's like, you can't, you can't do this stuff. I mean, it's just way over the top. Bo Bridges comes back at him with like, uh, beating the shit out of his car with a shovel and then like javelin throwing that thing at him and stuff. I mean, it's just, the, the whole don't they go like up. don't they go like head first into each other like yeah later on yeah he crashes his car into him <laughs> he starts out it's like if that really happened <laughs> you like yeah. start out hating the guy but towards the end of the movie you start to like him he becomes your favorite character though oh he's hilarious and, and he <sighs> gets his ass Putnam? beat a couple of times for uh, <laughs> touching a 10 year old boob which he doesn't actually do but he gets accused boob. of boob Poor I was guy. waiting for that to happen the entire movie. Like, every time an adult would grab those kids, I was just like, just scream rape! Just scream rape! And you'll get someone to help you out. And then finally it happened in that casino. Mm-hmm. He touched my boob, and instantly, police are all over him. Just oh, do yeah. that all the time. <laughs> and then later gets beat up by the truck drivers. You touched her breast, huh? And he's, oh, man. Yeah, and it's... <laughs> it's wild, because... You you think of it like if if someone were to really do that and that would really happen. I mean that today's day and age that guy's life is ruined. Uh, <laughs> you, yeah. Just the accusation alone, you'd have to move. You know, if some if some kid, God forbid, were like we run a daycare, if one of these kids was like, "Hey, Blaine, grab me by the sack or something," <laughs> that'd be it. My marriage would be over. (laughs) And and here this poor guy gets accused of it and hauled off by the cops and stuff. But I I guess it was a different era because he's put right back out on the street moments later. No big deal. (sighs) No foul. They didn't even interview the kids to ask them, you know, their side of the story. (laughs) They just drug his ass off. But funny thing is the kid, Lucas, who they do meet up with um, because they're, playing against some kids again they're they're hustling their way across the united states playing in arcades and uh, diners and stuff to try and make money off the local kids and this one kid pipes up and says hey you're okay but you're not nearly as good as lucas and then they figure out where this legendary lucas lives and they get to his house and it's like the most hilarious scene to me because he's uh he's just like he's perfect for the party he's just this pompous little shit and he's like uh, i'll play you against any game i uh i have 97 nintendo games and they're all dumbfounded like 97 do you know them all and he's like i know all of them and they play rad racer and he uses the power glove was there only 97 at the time is that what it is because like they said that later like when they're like trying to um like they're trying to practice for the whole like the whole like tournament and everything right. they're like playing 97 games or whatever is that all there was at the time not even no no there were so uh, many more by by 1990 there was probably i'd say 450 500 games something like that yeah it started slowing up down after that because 91 you had the release of the super nintendo and they quit making nintendo games in 94 uh that year they only made maybe a dozen 93 they probably made less could- than 100 would it have been 97, like, Nintendo-produced games at that point? Yes, that I could believe, see. 
But what's weird yeah. is like they they showcase a lot of games that aren't Nintendo produced, so yeah. that doesn't make sense either. Because even like Rad Racer, the game they ended up playing, that's a Square game, believe it or not, SquareSoft before they were Square Enix, and then it showed games like uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which was made by Ultra, which Ooh. is a subsidiary of Konami. Because back in the day, just to school you guys a little bit, uh, Nintendo had a rule that you could only make I think it was five games per year for their system, so that they wouldn't have the same problem that Atari had back in 83 where they just had a glut of people just releasing anything for the Atari just to make a quick buck buck you know so they said okay you can only release five and the theory being that you would make much better games because you were limited but what it really did was it made these companies branch off into these subsidiaries and then they could make multiple games under the same umbrella but just with different names and ultra was part Mm -hmm. of konami i think capcom had one too would like trade west or something i can't i can't remember them all they're all kind of a jumble but yeah that there wasn't nearly as many gaming makers as it seemed like it during the era it was just that they were forced to you know make all these like ghost companies basically to produce their games but yeah the film featured games from all kinds of different stuff ninja gaiden that's not a yep. nintendo game um, i wrote down all the games as they came up well why don't you, you read off the list okay so it starts off with double dragon fifty thousand points uh then it goes ninja gaiden Mario 2, F1 Dream, Rad Racer with the Power Glove. Um, now, then it goes TJ, TJ Inch Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, or the regular Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. Um, then they played, they did that a couple times. Mega Man a couple times. Uh, uh, Metroid. Uh, and then there was like some racing, like Micro Racers or whatever. Is that what it was? Uh, micro Machines. You know, micro Machine or RC Pro Am? I don't know. It was like a, it was like a little, tr- like, Little trucks racing. I don't know what that oh, was. Oh, it's RC Pro Am. Uh, yeah, and then there was Contra. Mm-hmm. Some other car game that flashed really quick. I didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. Zelda 2, and then Super Mario 3. Well, there was also Super Mario, Mario 2. 3. I saw flashes of Super Mario 2. I saw one of the Mega Mans. I didn't really pick out which Mega Man it was, but I definitely remember seeing It was Mega Man 2. It was Mega Man 2. Yeah, one of those briefly. Um... Gosh, there's a couple others I'm just not thinking of right now. But yeah, they, they flashed a lot real quick. And then there's a Super Mario Brothers 1 playing in the background uh, on the counselors as they're like scrolling across the different counselors. None of which are actually playing the games that are hooked up to the TVs, yet they're somehow playing. Um, a lot of weird stuff like that. Again, there's a scene at the end of the movie where he qualifies playing Ninja Gaiden and it shows him on like world three or whatever and then when he walks away from it it's fighting the boss of the the first level and he walks away and ryu is still jumping around and attacking the boss even though (laughs) uh, the kid's hands are off the controller entirely stuff like that throughout um you know little things but again you just gotta let that all go um do want to mention before I forget the kid that plays Lucas? Uh, I pointed out before we started the show, but for the listeners, uh, he grew up to be a, a pedophile. I tried to, <laughs> I tried to look him up specifically through the uh, database of gosh, well, it wasn't California, I don't think. Forget, forgot where he ended up. He lives up. in New York City now. Okay, 
that may have been New York City, but yeah, I actually put in his, there was a link that someone created that like showed his uh, specifics of what he had done, but I guess because of his uh, celebrity or something, maybe it was blocked because all I could get was uh, the fact that like it showed his mugshot and he looks like a rough motherfucker now. And the fact that he had uh, two accounts of sex with a minor. Um, Yeah. So, not great. Um, But apparently he has in recent times tried to embrace the whole power glove line and stuff. He has the famous line where he says, I love the power glove, it's so bad. When he actually manages to, like, do really well on a rad racer. Um, Yeah. He uh, apparently made a Twitter. Speaking of the power glove, did you guys ever have it? Oh, yeah. Play it? Yeah. I I remember remember having it and... uh, Never getting it to work, except, mm-hmm. except for like you can hook it up and like just use it as a D pad. Like, right. You just use it as That's... a regular controller, and then I can never. I I remember having it being so frustrated, like I can never get it to do anything, like it was in the movie. Yeah, that's, that's so. That's the whole thing. It, that's all anyone ever did was like you'd hook it up, you'd try and program the stupid thing because it came with that big book where you could like input the programs depending on what game it was or whatever, and then. Yeah, it never worked right, and then you'd end up just, like, holding your wrist out like a keypad, and you'd be trying to play one-handed on this controller that was attached to it. Um, Yeah, it's a pile of trash. Uh, I don't actually own one currently. I had the opportunity to buy one last year or something, but they wanted 50 bucks, and even that, technically a good deal. Because uh, it, it still had the box and everything, and I was like, eh, you know what? I don't even I don't even want this because it would just be eye candy. You know, it, it, I would never actually use it, so why waste money on it? I'm trying to get smarter about buys like that. I have a real tendency to, if it reminds me of my childhood at all, I'm just like, yeah, hey, I'll buy that. But uh, I'm trying to be smarter about it, especially since I've got this like room that's just filled up capacity uh, anyway it's like at this point uh it's got to be something really great for me to go ahead and pick it up um but yeah power glove was shit um i didn't like the nes advantage either which wasn't showcased in the film but i never really cared for that controller really for the nes i just uh i like the dog bone style controllers that you got later on with the top loader and then the original controllers and that was about it um never really cared for many of the others but, uh, yeah, Lucas loves it. Apparently it's so bad. And, yeah, they're all trying to get to this competition once they learn of it through a magazine called Video Armageddon, which is effectively the same thing that was coming up. There was an event in 1990 that happened called the uh, God, Video Game World Championships and uh, famously won by Thor Ackerland. He's a great guy. Uh, I've met him a few times. And uh, it was essentially the same thing. They invited everyone to come play. uh, Except in the movie, you just showed up uh, without any parents or anything. And you just talked to a guy from Pirates of the Caribbean. And uh, you were allowed to walk right in and compete, no problems. Uh, But in the real world, what happened was you played in a qualifier that was in your hometown. Usually held at like a Blockbuster or some other such. Um, Toys R Us's things like this and then if you qualified you'd go on to a semi-qualifier and then go on to the the big thing I believe is 
how it went. Uh, a little more rational than just, yeah, come one, come all, try and win $50,000, and then all you had to do was be one. In, in Video Armageddon, all you had to do was apparently show up, play Ninja Gaiden, and be one of the top three players in Ninja Gaiden. And, of course, at the end, you've got Lucas versus Pigtail Girl versus uh, Jimmy. And they get, you know, then this was a big thing for me as a kid. I don't know if you guys, I think, Cujo, you said you saw it back when it came out. I don't know, James, if you did. But for me, it was like, oh, my God. It was like uh, a, a come-to-Jesus moment almost when they revealed the game that they would be playing. And they even say in the movie, they say, it's a game that no one has advantage because uh, no one has played this before. And it was Super Mario Brothers 3. And man, as a kid, it was just, it was the biggest commercial for Super Mario Brothers 3 they could have possibly made. And it was just brilliant. See, I, I didn't have that same, I didn't have the same reaction. I probably would have if I had seen the movie like in theaters or in 1989. <laughs> I think I saw this in like 92 or 93. Okay. When like Super Nintendo and Sega was already out. Right. And I saw this and I was like, that's old stuff. So I was, you know, I was a dumb kid. So I, I liked the movie, but. Definitely rewatching it now as an adult, like I've liked it even more because you know the nostalgia of the mm -hmm. whole thing. Yeah. You now it was super nostalgic. Yeah, well, like the the I, I remember not I remember seeing it before Super Mario Three came out. I was like mm -hmm. blown away, and uh, mm -hmm. I, and it was like such. That. I mean, the funny thing is, it came out before Christmas. This movie came out before Christmas, but the game Super Mario Three didn't come out till February twelfth. Mm -hmm. So. I remember getting it for like Easter. Me and my brother just like playing it like all the time. Like, you know how they have like the two player mode where like if you go over like um, in Super Mario 3, like if the second player or the first player goes over where the first the other player is, you can like hit a button mm -hmm. and you can, like battle each other. Yeah, you play the original Mario Brothers against each other. Yeah. Well, it's like a, it's not like the original Mario Brothers, it's just like a, like a battle scene where like. Yeah. Whoever dies, well, let me whoever dies a winner. Like whoever lives gets to keep going. So like the we fight over it. Mario Brothers was that game, Cujo. Um, oh, it was yeah. Super Mario Brothers came later. Arcade, it, was a side, yeah. it was a side scroller, but the original oh, Mario Brothers was this. You would fight each other, you versus Luigi, or the computer playing as Luigi, and you'd have like turtles and stuff coming out of pipes, and you would jump into them to try and go to the other side and grab this and that to battle each other, and you could like hit the blocks from beneath to knock them over or to knock a turtle on its back, etc., etc. And that is released for the original Nintendo as well. I do, I own it, but they released it after Super Mario Brothers. So, um, but yeah, it's a it's a game you can get for the original Nintendo, and it's basically just that scene. For from Mario 3, but the game, the whole game is like that with different levels and stuff. So, yeah, it's just like a mini game within Mario Brothers 3. Yeah. In that game, wasn't there like a POW thing in the middle yes, of the uh, screen? Where you yeah. Can, if you, yeah. yeah. And knock, them knock everybody Isn't there down. also a POW um, item in Super Mario Brothers 2? In 2? You pick it up and like throw and it like knocks all the enemies upside down that for a moment. That was the bomb. The like very cartoony looking bomb you'd pick up and it'd be like flashing, right? <laughs> yeah. I thought there was something else you could like throw and it'd like shake everything up for a second, which would be interesting because you know Super Mario Bros. Two wasn't actually a Mario game; it was the what Doki Doki, 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 Doki Panic. Panic yeah. Yet there's two things that exist in both worlds. No, oh, never mind. Yeah, I think it was a bomb. It's been a minute since I played it, but I'm pretty sure it was a bomb. It may have in the remake. It may have uh, been changed into a pal. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know. Probably rock. I don't know. I might be too. It's been a while since I've played any of them extensively. Sometimes I'll pop them in, those old games, and I'll play them a little bit, you know, on Super Mario 3, like mm-hmm. Get to Giant World, which is, God, that's got to be everybody's favorite world, which they very wisely showcased in the movie The Wizard. Mm-hmm. They show Jimmy getting the flute and then warping to World 4, and it's like, oh, my God, Giant yeah. World, this is so cool looking. But that whole sequence is hilarious because – they just said this is a game no one has ever played, and these assholes are yelling to him, Fred Savage and his little <laughs> girlfriend here. They're fucking like, grab the star, Jimmy, the star. No, don't do that. <laughs> oh, if he throws the boomerang, this will happen. Know it does. I was like, you don't fucking know Use shit, Use a dude. flute. It's a warp. It's a warp. How do you like, know? Yeah, I already knew it was a warp. How do you know? Yeah. That's never been in any, I mean, in Legend of Zelda, it's a warp. But uh, they didn't know. They didn't know what the fuck it was. And how did Jimmy know to and fly up there? that first warp whistle is so hard to find. Like, how do you just randomly find It's Jimmy. It? Like, he just... Uh, knew. We should talk about um, how they were, like, preparing for the competition. Oh, yeah. you know, Jimmy was playing in the arcade, and the, the girl, she was, like, on the phone with, uh, what, customer support or the... Uh, yeah. Nintendo Hotline. Nintendo, Nintendo Hotline. Which existed. She's writing yeah. notes and notes and notes. I got a real-life like, game wizard on the line. It's like, okay. Wouldn't that cost? Didn't they charge by, like, the minute or something like Dude, that? Like, yeah, it was, such that. A, it was like two ninety five a minute. That's such too. a pre-internet thing. Like, before the internet, you had to call the hotline if you were a student. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I used to call that shit, and I would, like, write out my question and read it when I talked to the guy. Yeah. And then if they tried to stall me at all, I'd have to hang up because I would have to, like, justify you know to my mom why there was a two dollar charge i like i had to have it answered in under a minute you know and i'd like have mm-hmm. my question ready <laughs> boom ba, ba, pow, pow, you know and they'd be like uh uh and i'd just click i never actually called them you actually oh, called man. them oh yeah 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 i had I to call them before i had to call them a bunch in the super nintendo era for the game ogre battle the original ogre battle because there was just all this stuff i had to know i was really big into that game and like i remember the first time i broke down and called because i had a job at this point i was 14 i was working sacking groceries at 425 an hour if you believe that and uh i could reimburse my mom for this stuff but it was like at that point it was like oh shit okay 425 an hour all right i can afford half hour of work yeah uh, for a minute, and I remember like, for a minute of call, calling in and being like, "Okay, four twenty-five. That's, that's a lot criminal. of money." Yeah, well, I mean, I was making about eighty bucks a week as a teenager, which back then was enough to to buy my my games and keep me, you know, relatively uh, uh, in flush. I in a week, yeah. Right, right about, yeah. I remember I bought Chrono Trigger for just over a hundred, but I had to pay the dude an extra twenty. Uh, so I could get it a couple days early, and I bought, I don't know, I bought all kinds of stuff. Virtually anything you could think of that's good back then I did buy at some point. A lot of times I would trade them back in and stuff too, but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I was I was, uh, I was, was on that hotline a lot, mostly for Ogre Battle, but occasionally for other games as well. I, I remember calling it for Final Fantasy 3 slash 6, whichever one you want to call it, and asking them how I managed to get the Illumina, because I think there was a, a Nintendo Power that, like, showed a picture of the Illumina and its stats, but it didn't tell you how to get it or something like that. There was some gaming magazine that like showed you that that was a weapon that you could get, but it wouldn't tell you how to get it. And so we had to call in. I remember calling in with my cousin and the guy's like, oh, you've got to get, choose the uh, Ragnarok in Narsh. You have to get the, uh, I can't remember, the, the sword instead of the Esper. And then you can put the sword up in the Colosseum and, uh, 
if you win, you get the Illumina. So, I was, oh, okay. So we had already chosen the Esper, so we had to like restart the game and or whatever it was and like do it all over again a different way. And it's like, oh yeah, but now you can't cast Ultima except you can off the Curse Shield. And yeah, I remember all that stuff. So good times, but yeah, uh, it cost me. Who knows? Good. I probably I probably spent at least a good hundred bucks calling that stupid hotline, but. Uh, these kids, they, they got together, what, $400 by scamming that truck driver, more or less, letting him play casino craps for him, and somehow oh, this girl yeah, yeah, yeah. calls <laughs> all that shit, and so they have 400 bucks, and then they apparently blow it all talking to this asshole about all these different games to get all the tips and tricks, and she makes sure to mention that she brought, bought some Nintendo game magazines, which they don't specifically say Nintendo Power, but, I mean, of course it is, to, to help him become the best at the top games and all that stuff, which, okay, yeah, whatever. She gives, she gives Spanky 10 bucks or something. <laughs> yeah, let, let Spanky keep $10, yeah, I mean, come on. And then later on, Spanky, once they're well past reno nevada uh shows up to beat up the pedophile that's not a pedophile putman uh, because he touched her breasts so it's and then gives them a ride all the way to california you know it's like why couldn't they have gotten a ride from spanky to fucking begin with if if he's just like willing to drive them to california anyway yeah how many times do they hitchhike in this movie oh my god get rides they they hitchhike with those fucking mexican guys which okay sure <laughs> oh, and yeah. then they turn around and see they have like 20 bucks and they <laughs> pull over robbed like, rob <laughs> children and then leave them on the side again of the scream i'm being raped i'm being raped Someone i mean come help you out. out in the middle of nowhere no they might they, that might give them an idea <laughs> oh, yeah. <Maybe> <laughs> they, they might rape them <laughs> Uh, that was so silly. It's like they're perfectly willing to give these kids a ride up until the point where they see they have 27 bucks, and then it's, oh, we need that money. I guess $27 went a lot further than it uh, back then than it does now. I don't I don't know. It's definitely, definitely a suspend your dis- disbelief movie oh, because like, there's no way they get out of their hometown no. like trying to hitchhike. Yeah, like, the- people will be like, uh, you're calling your parents. <laughs> yeah. Anywhere they'd go, that would happen. Uh, the, the first scene, we're in the fucking Wonder Bread truck, and the guy makes that last delivery, and they make it a point. They're like, uh, he's talking to the guy, and like, oh, last delivery, huh? And he's like, yeah, last one before I go home. And they like get out of that country store or whatever. It's like, where did he get the bread that he was bringing into that guy? Because him and Jimmy are in the back eating Hostess Twinkies, and and this guy's bringing bread in, it's like, that would have been in the back. He's not going to put his delivery in the seat next to him, you know, but whatever. He'd have seen them kids, is my point. Uh, but uh, somehow doesn't. I guess they were hiding behind some fucking ho-hos or something, no telling. But yeah, the, the movie's the movie's silly. Jimmy, to j- just tell the audience, Jimmy went the way he did, not because he's actually, like, autistic or mentally handicapped. It's because... He watched his sister die in water. She fell into water that was only a few feet deep, but was unable to save her. And uh, I guess it fucked him up, as it would, especially being your twin sister like that, you know. So, ever since then, he's been weird and trying to get to California. And, yeah, the the whole movie's weird. Uh, The plot's pretty loose. You have to let that go. But overall, man, the movie's fucking awesome. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I still enjoyed it watching it like you know 20 years later 
Yeah, for sure. And I've watched this, you know, full disclosure, I watch it every few years or so just because it's so nostalgic for me. It represents uh, one of the last things that I saw before I moved as, you know, my, my childhood that can almost be split from the, this point on because once 1990 hit, you know, I was 10 years old, I moved to uh, the area that I live now and... Um, you know, I was still, yeah, quote-unquote a kid. I was in fifth grade or whatever. But at that point, you know, I'm more an adult than not. And uh, life was never quite the same. So anything that really reminds me of that time where I was living in Georgia on the island, uh, this movie, Home Alone, that was the last movie I saw in the theater. Those things just have a, like, a real stranglehold on my idea of childhood. The same with the NES, you know, in particular. All that stuff just reminds me of being a little kid, a much more innocent, cool time, you know, where I didn't worry about politics and et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, just just a really cool movie, and I'd, I'd recommend it to anyone. You don't have to be an old bastard like us to, like, really like this film. There's a, there's a lot to, to be had and liked about the movie, you know. So, I don't know what else to say. Anyone else got anything else to say about the movie? I mean, it's, it's definitely... Um... Uh, if if you want to know what the '80s were like, just watch that movie because like that's people really acted like that. <laughs> you know, kid. I remember being just like that kid. For sure. And I, when you're saying that, what the '80s are like, like it reminded me that there's a full-on music video, inexplicably, just in the middle of the fucking movie for "Give Me an Angel." Um, Oh, and I was like, what is this song? It's so familiar. I probably hadn't heard it in, you know, since the last time I watched it. And then I was like, oh, fuck, this is Gimme an Angel. And I can't, I can't think of who sings it, but it's just hilarious, the whole sequence and stuff. And, yeah, the, the just the constant. I think they play a New Kids on the Block song, too. Yeah, the, there was, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, that was in there. There was a few that I was like, oh, shit. Are you taking pills? What's going on? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Taking your medication during recording. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a good movie. I don't I don't know what else to say about it. Uh, I think the movie gets better with uh, age. I mean, I, honestly, I'm going to watch it again in four or five years and you know, yeah. go through all the nostalgia again. I honestly... Anything Fred Savage, though. I honestly think... <laughs> yeah, it just gets better with age. And Fred Savage... I mean, it was, it, this was like... Peak, it was like peak Fred Savage, though. Right when he was getting huge. Uh, yeah, right in the middle of it. Because like, he, he did... Uh, gosh, what was his first film that was... It wasn't The Wizard. It was, uh, And it wasn't Princess Bride either, I don't think. Oh, Princess Bride was 88, I remember that. Boy Who Could Fly, I think Princess was 86. Princess Bride, Little Monsters. Little Monsters, yeah, with Howie. That was like 89 too, though. That came out the same year, I think. Uh, yeah, that one... That movie's great. I actually watched that with my stepdaughter just a couple years ago, and she really enjoyed it, you know. So that's another movie that you, you know, that's timeless. And it features both the Savage brothers. It has, uh, God, uh, Ben Savage as well. So, as a little, little guy. And, yeah, Howie Mandel, a very young Howie Mandel. Um, yeah, man. And if you haven't seen The Boy Who Could Fly, that, that has, God, what's the name of that fucking kid that plays Samwise Gamgee in, uh... In the Lord of the Rings movies, he's in it. Um, yeah. And he plays this kid that can 
Fly. Uh, I did not see this movie. God, it's a weird. I haven't seen that either. Fucking movie, man. It's on YouTube. Last I checked, I actually started to watch it again, and like this girl and her little brother and mom moving in this new town. And they move in next to this weirdo kid, and the girl's window is, like, on the second story, and, like, the kid across the way, um, played by Samwise Gamgee, I'm pretty sure, he um, is real weird, and no one talks to him, and it turns out that he has the power to fly, but that's not really (laughs) given to you until toward the end of the movie, and then, like, the in, the last sequence of the movie is he, like, he flies away and is never seen again. And then, like, they're testing the girl and, like, Fred and her whole family be- to see, like, the government is testing them to see what's going on, how this kid could fly and stuff. They never find out. But it, in, it instills Fred Savage's character. He's, like, six at the time with all this, uh, like, courage because, like, every day he goes – he he goes a different way to school so that this one bully won't find him. And it's like, he goes to school on his little like big wheel with his little weenie dog. And it's, it's pretty funny. <laughs> Cause like he gets this courage one day. He's like, not today. And he's going to fight the bully with his like big fucking bulldog and shit. So he like puts on his Rambo bandana and he gets on his big wheel and he gets his little Uzi. It's like a water pistol. And, uh, he goes up and the bully's there and he's like, well, 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 look what walked into my territory or whatever. He's like, not this time. And he pulls out the Uzi and the kid's like, what, you think I'm scared of a fucking water gun? And he sprays him down. He's like, it's full of my piss. And the kid goes, what? And he takes off on his big wheel and then the dog chases him. And then his little weenie dog comes out and like chases it off. I don't know. That's the only scene in the film I really remember. <laughs> but I remember really liking that as a kid. Fred Savage and P have, uh, have a... Uh, Thing for the childhood movies. I remember in uh, uh, Little Monsters, the scene with Howie Mandel where he pees in the apple juice, the bully's apple juice. So that's like a common reoccurring theme uh, for Fred Savage using urine to get back at bullies. So uh, I don't know if it ever happened on the Wonder Years. I like to think it did. Um, but yeah, great stuff. And then he grew up and now he does a show called uh, The Grinder, which is actually pretty good. I watched that. I think James and I talked about that a little bit on. Yeah, the, I, like the, I like The Grinder too. It's mm-hmm. not bad. And uh, Fred Savage is just like, he's so down to earth and hilarious even to this day. You know, and the rest of the characters of this film, of course, Bo Bridges, we all know what he's doing. He got old and shit, but, you know, he's still acting. Christian Slater still, he looks like he could still play a teenager, honestly. He looks better than Fred Savage does. <laughs> he's good. He looks. It's ridiculous. Yeah, he looks the same, just. Yeah, his hairline. Mr. Robot. Hasn't moved much. Yeah, he's just pretty much the same guy. And uh, then the girl, I guess, grew up to uh, do some. Uh, music type stuff uh, I guess she had a band for a while that didn't really get anywhere but uh, yeah that's what she was doing and then of course Lucas is a yeah. pedophile so yeah yeah, that's the cast and uh, the movie and I, like I said I recommend anyone to watch this this is actually a pretty good film if you haven't seen it it's just uh, it's, it's a Nintendo commercial it's, it's, it's great man and uh, yeah yeah, it's it's a good movie for a Nintendo commercial for sure. <laughs> I mean, that's basically all it is. It's a hour and a half long or two hour long commercial. I mean, the plot, like I said, it's pretty thin, but great great movie overall. And uh, what do we got lined up for the next video games, the movie, James? 
We have decided to do Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah, Wreck-It Ralph, which that, that's another big one, another good one. We're kind of tired of doing the shitty ones, so we decided to do a few good ones in a row, and then we'll get back on uh, on pace with doing some of these uh, terrible films, which most video game movies are. I uh, want to thank you, Cujo, for joining us on this episode of Video Games yeah, the Movie. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's really great talking and watching the wizard having an excuse to actually watch it. And it's always fun to talk about Nintendo and video games in general. Um, if you want to reach me, you can catch me on Twitter at RetroKel. That's K-H-E-L. You can catch James at Mr. James Milholland. Um, you can find us both at Retro Game Core or check out our uh, Facebook page, Is It Worth It Podcast on Facebook. Uh, it also pertains to this. We, we put up stuff about video games and stuff and... Uh, as I mentioned in the, the main show, Is It Worth It? If you uh, post on that page, you'll be put into a contest, kind of a pseudo contest. I've got some extra video games laying around and such. Um, anyone that posts in those things will be eligible to win one of these games. And if you're the winner for this month, we'll be announcing it on the, the next show for Is It Worth It? That show will be the Deja Vu show. And if you win, I'll contact you or tell you on the show, um, hey, give us your, give me your address and uh, we'll send some off to you. It won't be anything big, guys. I'm not made of money, but, you know, I got some extra cool games and stuff, some retro stuff that you could win that way. So uh, it pays to be uh, interactive with us. And other than that, you can check us out on Discord, too. We're on the Discord channel for the RPG show, our good friends over there. So you can check that out. Um, Normally I'd name everyone else, but I'm just kind of like, whatever. You guys know who all we're friends with. You guys know who you are. So uh, until then, keep it retro. We'll see you next time. See you later. Bye. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I love the power glove. It's so bad. Yeah, well, uh, just keep your power gloves off her, pal, huh?